Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Today, we are going to be celebrating all things Metal Gear, as Metal Gear Solid celebrates its 25th year birthday anniversary. When you're talking about a game, is it an anniversary or a birthday? It's it's kind of a little little bit of both, I guess. Um, joining me today is uh, Todd and Shella, uh, two people who have had um, some real experience with the Metal Gear series, uh, including some personal experiences with uh, the infamous, not infamous, I guess he's not infamous, he's, he's famous. famous. <laughs> just famous, yeah, he's not the famous uh, creator of the game. Um, yes, he's actually, he's kind of almost like Sid Meier, he's one of the, he's one of the, um, the top developers that hasn't done anything to become infamous. He's just famous. <laughs> so, um, but Todd, I know you've covered this for a long time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the Metal Gear Solid series and just about um, where where it got started and why we're still talking about it 25 years later. No, well, the Metal Gear series started originally back in 1986, 1987 in Japan. It was uh, released for a Japanese computer called the MSX. Uh, was not really well released here in the US it wasn't supported, it was more well known in Europe and Japan and Kojima came up with an idea of a game where instead of uh, shooting everyone to survive is being able to, to to sneak through without it being detected and using that as a method of victory and that's what he came up with, with the Metal Gear game back in 1986 it was very successful in Japan and in 1987 a company called Ultra Games which was a subdivision of Konami at the time because Nintendo had a very strict policy of limiting number of games being published back then it's like you can do more than 10 per year so other companies like Konami came up with, with sub-factions like Ultra Games and they released Metal huh. Gear for the NES Kojima, Kojima Hideo Kojima the developer of the game series had nothing to do with it and it was while I enjoyed playing it, it was criticized by fans of the original for some elements. Like for one, uh, you couldn't actually destroy Metal Gear itself, like like was said in the in the storyline. You end up destroying a supercomputer. Mm. And uh, a few years later, Konami through their Ultra label published a game called Snake's Revenge. It was released in 1990 with no knowledge by Kojima whatsoever. He didn't even know they were making, nope. they were making it. They. Uh, they took a lot of um, unusual elements in the series, and um, Kojima was furious with the production of that. So in retaliation, he released for the Japanese MSX2 computer Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, a game that did not see release here in the U.S. officially until 2004 or 2005, when it was released for, um, for the subsistence uh, expansion for Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay. There were fan okay. patches back in 1997, but... But um, they didn't come out until 2000, 2005 officially. Uh, why is it called uh, Metal Gear Solid, by the way? Uh, the, the name Metal Gear was named for the uh, the main weapon in the first game. It was a giant giant battle tank capable of traversing on, or it was a bipedal tank capable of uh, transporting nuclear weapons anywhere across across the world. In fact, it wasn't. If you follow the storyline, it really wasn't the first nuclear tank. The Shagohan Metal Gear Solid Three was. But they were talking about the development of a Metal Gear even back then, when the game took place in 1964. The Solid, of course, is in reference to the uh, lead character's name, Solid Snake. 
it was it was added for the PlayStation release in 1998 as the start of a whole new trilogy. Okay. Now, um, how did, how did it uh, now? So you're saying this was basically one of the first games where you could actually use stealth instead of because uh, because that seems to be a fairly common element. I mean, is that really the thing that that is the reason why we're still talking about it 25 years later? Because it, it basically added this new gameplay gameplay element that we really weren't used to before. Or, you know, that's at least one it was that was one of them. Yes, the other would be regarding with with the uh, starting with Metal Gear Two. They start having more deep conversations through the use of the codex system, which was mm. enhanced even more in Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation, plus all the cutscenes that were done in real time as opposed to using FMV like we've seen in the past. Right. Okay. Not to mention, okay, of course, the sense. top-tier voice acting that was that was done starting with Solid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Shelly, you were you were you were like, no, it's more than that. So, what, what is the what is the what did the what was your first experience with Metal Gear? I mean, does this is this one of those games that you know basically changed the way that you think about gaming? Um. Well, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't go that far. But I think it was. I mean, what's it? The nineteen ninety seven game um, was really when games went cinematic. I think. I mean, that might have been partly because of PlayStation and it was, you know, a new generation of gaming. But I think it was also Kojima's touch. Um, You know, that's what he's both praised and criticised for is, you know, his his obvious love of cinema and, you know, that cinematic quality that he brings to video games. And, you know, a lot of some players, um, you know, say we did we don't get to actually play it enough. It's um, there's too much stuff to watch. You know, there's lots of cutscenes and they're really long, which is why it makes Metal Gear is probably one of my favourite games to watch. I hate playing the thing, but I quite like yeah. sitting next to someone and watching it because <laughs> it's trail. kind of a cool movie. <laughs> um, but and it's also. Um, it was one of the first games to be kind of postmodern. Um, it was kind of like the French new wave of video games. Um, you know, he he broke the fourth wall. Um, you know, there's the famous bit where it's part of the game is when you're it actually tells you to change the disc or whatever, and um, you know, it's, and it's all very self-referential and you know you feel like you're in on in on a a gag you know that you're part of a cool crowd that understands what um you know what these little um little gags are and stuff and so i think that's why we're still uh talking about it because games didn't do that they weren't so self-aware right right no that makes sense I mean, there's even been a lot of I've seen a lot of like parodies of the game. I mean, but I think that a lot of the parodies I see are kind of made with you know with love. love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen one where you know a guy's sneaking through a um, high security facility and he's inside a box, and and, you know, with a little, and people are like, "Hey, did somebody break in?" Uh, I don't know. Well, there's that cardboard box over there that's moving. (laughs) Like, eh, it's probably nothing. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where we got you know originally from Metal Gear. We were hiding in boxes and stuff like that. So that was kind of neat. And I I think a lot of games. took that stealth element and, and ran with it. I mean, like, one of my favorite games is, like, you know, the Thief series, Thief, uh, all the Thief series, and that was that was kind of, like, my first experience with the with the stealth genre, you know, stealth and kill and things like that. And and now, um, 
you know, games like Skyrim, for instance, it's kind of like it's an L. You know, there are games that have this sort of elements in it where the game doesn't center around it, but you can do it if you want. So it's kind of neat that it was sort of brought to yeah, the I forefront. Yeah, it was a brilliant twist. Because I remember when it <laughs> came out, it came, it was that and Tenchu that came out, you know, on the PlayStation. I preferred Tenchu as I preferred the setting and everything. Um, and um, yeah, I just thought brilliant. It's like one of those things where you just go, "Do why didn't we think of that before?" <laughs> it's so obvious. Well, let me ask you this, Shell. Since you look at since you look at the at a lot of the international issues for us, and you, be, between you and Febby, you know, you keep us kind of up to date on the different continents. You know, you've got Europe, and and Febby's got um, Asia. But I know you've been helping Febby with uh, some of the Asia stuff. Um, you know, Metal Gear. When I because the my my first real experience with the Metal Gear, and this is kind of embarrassing, you know, compared to the two of you, was when Todd lent me the um, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection for the PlayStation Three. So I was able to play. Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, and and uh, Peace Walker. So Sons of Liberty, Snake Eater, and Peace Walker, and they're they're a lot of fun, and I'm I'm really enjoying them. And it's really good gameplay and stuff. But to me, it seems like um, it has a very Western feel to it. I mean, you're this you know tough cigar chomping guy with the gun that goes around. He sneaks, but he also you know kills people and stuff. And I mean, it, that doesn't seem it doesn't. It doesn't say to me like, you know, like it's not like Omiyasha Warlords or something where I say, oh, this is a real Japanese themed game. I mean, it, it seems odd to me that a game that seems Western to me was so popular in, in Japan at the time. Well, I think um, I think it does feel um, Japanese to me. If you if you look at something like Ghost in the Shell or, you know, a lot of anime, um you know they tend to have western looking characters for a start and and yeah just the the sort of the cut scenes the sort of very um um deep uh field of focus and stuff you know how one thing will be very really sharp in focus close to the camera and then or or um or out of focus and then the background's in focus. That's like the first time I ever saw that was in Japanese am- animation. You know, when I was a teenager in school, I was just like, wow, that's cool because American an- um, animation didn't do that at all. Didn't kind of mimic the camera at all. And um, so in some ways, I think it is. And I think it's so Western. It the, the look and feel because he loves cinema. I think that's. You know, ah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so right? he's obviously lo- watched a lot of, you know, Hollywood movies, and you know, Snake is called Snake after um, the guy from Escape from New York. That's why he's got a mullet mm-hmm. and he looks like that. And um, was it Snake <laughs> Triskin, wasn't it? The character from Escape from New York. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. That- yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Uh, Todd, would you, would you agree with Would you agree with Shella then? I mean. I, I, you know, looking at it, I guess some of the themes, I mean, even though he's a warrior, a lot of the times he's, he's trying to prevent a war or, you know, prevent technology from, from being used in warfare. So, I mean, I, I guess that is sort of the, the yeah. Japanese sort of pa- more pacifist thing. Todd, would, would you agree that that, I mean, how does it feel to you? I know you, you've probably played more of them than anybody. Yeah, it pretty much falls from uh, going through that because of having to live entirely through war because look the way how Snake was, was born. He was born as um, a clone of Big Boss, one of eight original clones. So he's he's okay. living an entire life in war. And he, as you look at him as, as the series goes on, I mean, 
when he retired from, from Metal Gear 1 until he was called back by Campbell, and then again for Metal Gear Solid, which I found thought at times did tie a lot with Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. Eventually, he gets to the point, if you remember the beginning of Metal Gear Solid 4, when he's at at, uh, at the boss at the boss's gravesite, mm-hmm. and um, all he's thinking about is ending his life because he's so rapidly aged. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I guess the, I guess yeah. that is something we haven't seen before. A, a character who you know is contemplating suicide. In fact, suicide. he almost does <laughs> at the end. If anyone um. remembers, spoiler alert: he, uh, <laughs> you hear the gunshot. You, originally, you think he's dead. Until you mm-hmm. stay to the end credits and find he's still alive for the last few moments. When you find out hmm. the big boss is actually alive and well, which I still like know how that happened. But then again, there's a lot in that series that makes you just want to scream, what the blank? <laughs> <laughs> the big yeah, boss yeah, lives moment is one of them. That's the other Japanese element. Cause yeah. It's like the most complicated <laughs> story ever. I'm still trying <laughs> to go through the entire background for Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> I'll never, <laughs> never figure that out. Yeah. Well, I'm um, talking about the series and j- just the ones that um, uh, Kojima, you know, had a hand in. Um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, the whole thing, I guess, is 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 within the world. But just looking at, we'll, we'll consider just the stuff that he created as mm-hmm. canon for right now. Um, so the the series has has it had its ups and downs. I mean, was there was there one that was like a pinnacle where it was like this was like the best, you know, this had the best storytelling element? Were there any that were there any that, you know, kind of jumped the shark a little bit? Or was it sort of like, you know, more like the Grand Theft Auto series where they're all pretty good and some people might like San Andreas more or Vice City more or something like that. But there weren't any that were like good or bad. I mean, is the series pretty much like that or was it, um, you know, were there some that were like, you know, not not that well of just of the ones that he that he created? And I'll I'll ask Todd first, and then we'll. Go if to any, I'd say a jump to shark moment, maybe like I said with Metal Gear Solid Two. I mean, was that with the suicide? No, thing, the suicide or? thing was Metal Gear Solid Four, and I wouldn't really consider that a jump to shark moment. That that sounded I mean, pretty cool, yeah, actually. I mean, it did make a lot of sense, but no, MGS Two. I mean, it it stunned a lot of people. First of all, you weren't playing a snake. Well, you were in the first part, but the second part you were playing as Raiden, and not many people expected that. And mm-hmm. Kojima's attempt was he wanted to create a new uh, character to be similar to one you play as Snake in the very first Metal Gear. And mm. was that plus all the uh, all the philosophical elements of the game that went over a lot of people's heads. And some people criticized that it was way too wordy. And they rectified that with Metal Gear Solid 3, which is which where the... Um, Trailer side E3 said only the true Snake is the real hero. I mean, it kind of <laughs> hinted that Snake was coming back, you know, it was actually a big boss you were playing as. But it felt like hmm. you were playing as the original Snake. Right, and that, that makes sense. And shall, then 4, shall, I mean, oh, okay. 4, I will admit, I mean, it was a good game, but it felt more like a shooter rather than a stealth game. Maybe that was their attempt to try to, you know, make it. I, I mean, at the time that 4 came out, it was it was shooters were. Yeah, it almost know, king, felt like so Call of Duty wannabe at times. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see where they would where they would they would maybe do that for marketing reasons at the time. Uh, Shella, what do you think? Was do you have a favorite? Do you have any that you're opposite to Todd? Oh my gosh! I, I you know I was thinking that when Todd was saying too wordy, I was like, you know what? I bet Shella's gonna say the wordy one was my favorite. Exactly. Metal Gear Two. Um, yeah, definitely um, my favorite. I mean, I don't have. I mean, this is a game series that has serious. Um, 
fandom, you know, like seriously. I uh-huh. mean, there were people mm-hmm. crying. Remember that trailer? <laughs> the trailer at E3, what year was it? When there were people like crying. There was film footage of like Tubby Nerd yeah, I did, crying I did. at that trailer. I. I did see a few people crying at the trailer, and I was like, what What the hell are they crying about? I don't no, I mean, that is, yeah. it is like the Elvis of the game world. <laughs> I mean, we, we gave Todd some tissues, and after a few minutes... It was, was not okay. the ending of MGS3, though. That's a different story. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, I liked, I liked Metal Gear. So I didn't have this, like, major attachment to Snake, and I wasn't bothered about the riding thing. I thought it was a cool twist. But then, you know, I liked... Um, Playing as the arbiter in Halo oh, no. two, three, whatever it was, you know. <laughs> they so don't I want to that. I thought it was well. brilliant. Whereas my my mate Ben was just like, "Oh my god, we're not playing as the Master Chief," and so you know that upset some people. It didn't upset me. I thought it was it was kind of cool. No, I'm sure the finishing the fight <laughs> ending disappointed you. Sure did me. <laughs> Remember, I wrote a column about Sorry. that, comparing that ending to the ending of MGS three. <laughs> I still think oh, it's one right. of the best okay. endings I've ever seen in the game. Mm. What was so great about well, it? Well, uh, it explains the entire modes of why the boss defected to the Soviet Union, and um, mm. all the whole, it basically built up why, how Big Boss became as he did. I still remember the oh, uh, the one line said, "The taint of disgrace will last forever in her grave. She will go down in history as a war criminal, as a." As a monster who uh, started a nuclear nightmare, but nobody knows the true story and why she did it. Hmm. Only Snake Not did. Powerful stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's talk a, a little bit about the uh, about the creator, about uh, Kojima. We've already said that he um, is is very much into into mm-hmm. cinema. Um, do 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 you guys? I think I think you guys do. I mean, I I. Bumped into him once at a at a presentation um, at E3, but I didn't I didn't get to speak to him or anything. He was at the time he was surrounded by um, bodyguards and fanboys, and the fanboys were just like asking him all these questions. And his translator, which was a nice little woman, was having a hard time translating stuff. And then he so they would ask these complex questions of him. Like I, I don't know stuff that like Todd would know. Like oh, in in episode two, you know, what was the combination of the safe when when whatever you know or what? And he would and he would ask them and he would answer them back in like these like like she would she would translate the question, he would get the question and then he would say like yes, uh-huh. <laughs> something. It's like okay, I don't um, that's not really an answer. So so I didn't really get to talk to him or anything. But Shell, you actually got to talk to him a little bit, right? In a less chaotic setting. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just in the sort of the Konami. I guess it was the press suite or some. I don't know some some VIP swanky shenanigans they had going on. Um, I was just hanging out with some friends, waiting to go see someone at Microsoft actually. And he was there. He was like really quiet because he doesn't really he doesn't speak English really at all. And um, I remember he was trying to. He just, you could tell he really loves games because he was just trying to get out into the show floor and just see the <laughs> games. And um, he, he was had his son who was about like five or six or something. And, you know, he just wanted to go out and play stuff. And um, he was obsessed. But he couldn't because yeah, he everybody couldn't was leave the booth because he was, I think his, there was a, um, a Simpsons game. Um, 
in the booth opposite. And so his his little boy was playing on this Simpsons game. So he was just walking out, just literally stepping across a bit of carpet to go and hang out with his son and have some fun and see some games. And he just barely got a foot, a toe over the door, the threshold from this like little booth thing. And some, somebody had come up to him and, you know, was wanted him to sign something. So he just sort of shuffled back in again. Just sort of cowering. <laughs> Poor guy, he just couldn't see anything. But yeah, all his kid wanted oh. to do was play the Simpsons game. <laughs> Jeez. Well, good thing he creates games because it doesn't sound like he gets to I play know. them very much. At least not, not in public. <laughs> Right. Todd, did you ever run into him at all in all our trips to Egypt? Uh, I ran into him once. Um, I didn't really get to see much of him, but I was able to see him. Just looked at him, nodded. That's about it. Basically saying, uh, <laughs> good job. You keep up the good work. Oh, cool. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I hope he understood you. Maybe his, his translator translated so. that. <laughs> well, probably a lot of people pat him on the back and say that type yeah. of thing to him. So. So 25 years and a lot of different games in this series is, is still going strong. Todd, is there is there any more Metal Gears planned? I mean, are we looking at any There's new ones? one that's been in, in the works since uh, 2010. Okay, that's this a long is, uh, time. Metal Gear Solid, or I'm sorry, Metal Gear Rising, which is uh, mm-hmm. those centered more around around Raiden. It's the events leading between Metal Gear Solid 2 and 4. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still been up in the air. We saw a preview of it in the last two E3s. Um, latest I heard is that... Uh, Development of it went to Platinum Games, who is uh, responsible for Bayonetta. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if that's a I good thing a or a bad thing. thing. Uh, based on the type of combat they're talking about for it, I think it would work well for it. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they what they come up with. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the Metal Gear stuff that in the news, and we just had a review um, a couple weeks ago on uh, Metal Gear. What they're doing now is, you know, it, that I'm glad to hear that there's new IP coming out because what they're doing now is, you know, the HD collections, and then also um, Neil just reviewed uh, Metal Gear on the uh, 3DS um, or the. Oh God! Um, the uh, one of the the Nintendo 3D one where you 3DS, know it's basically yeah. yeah the 3DS where it made it 3D and you're playing basically playing an old game but in 3D. So um, I'm glad to hear that there's new IP coming out and uh, interesting to see how that goes because damn it Todd you got me hooked on the series now with this HD collection. So no, I still got to finish that. Have... I'm still stuck in uh, Peace Walker. Oh okay. Well, at least you're on the third one. Uh, no, I'm not oh, actually. So I'm let me going ask. In... In order of how the game took place, so I start with three, and then going to Peace Walker uh, since that's in 1972, okay. and then okay. doing um, two, which takes place in 2007 and 2009. You're so weird. That's cool though. It's the way it's meant to be played. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys a final question. Um, uh, so, 25 years into Metal Gear, very cool. Um, huge amount of stuff. J- based basically the stuff that uh, you know the original creator did, and also some of the you know s- some of the things the other other people have done, and you know some games have been made as retaliation for other games and all this weird stuff going on. But, you know, we have a pretty or pretty robust series, and it's definitely one of the ones that, you know, if we were going to do a show on the greatest game series of all time, Metal Gear Solid would be in there. Um, so my question to you guys is, where do you think it, where do you think, uh, where do you think it ranks, uh, in, in, um, in terms of, you know, some of these great series that, 
uh, I mean, you know, you've got like the Deus Ex series, you've got Grand Theft Auto, you've got a lot of, you, we, we were lucky enough to have a lot of good series. Where, where do you think Metal Gear ranks in there and, and why? And, uh, Todd, I'll, I'll go to you first. Definitely in my top five. It's okay. always been one of my, one of my favorite series to go back and play and just to watch again. In fact, uh, I mentioned Metal Gear 2. Mm-hmm. I did not finish that game until earlier this winter. Why? Well, because I couldn't really get into it in detail when I tried playing the translation patch. And I mm-hmm. only had the original subsistence for a short time. Okay, so it wasn't one of those things that people tend to experience where it's like, I didn't want to end the game because then it would be over. <laughs> and I wouldn't have I mean, it. I knew, I knew how it ended. I mean, I knew the storyline and everything. I just never had a chance to witness it firsthand. Because like, like mm-hmm. they said about how in Metal Gear Solid, how um, Big Boss's body was found to be severely burned when they found his remains. Mm-hmm. They found out why, because um, after you destroy Metal Gear, your, your body's set on fire and you have to disregard all your weapons and equipment. You have a one-on-one <laughs> shootout with him, and the only thing you can end up using is a, is your, is a lighter and a spray can. <laughs> very, very cool. So, top mm-hmm. five, huh? Near the top of the top five, or near the bottom of the top five? Middle ground. Oh, middle. Okay, that that that's fair. Now, Shell, I know you you uh, get into series. I know you're trying to prod me along to actually finish the Mass mm-hmm. Effect series, so we can do our Mass hey, Effect show. Yeah, where does where does uh where does Metal Gear Solid fit into the your you know your series? Do you think? Um. It's got a sort of funny relationship with Metal Gear because I really don't like playing it. I really just can't stand it. I just don't like the whole menu system, the way you have the, the screen freezes and you go click, 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 click through all these bloody menus. It just drives me nuts. Even the little noise the guards make when they're all on you and like hiding in boxes and oh god, it drives me insane. But. <laughs> I think it is one of the best game series there's ever been. It really is. It's definitely <laughs> up wow. there. Even though I don't like playing it, I can appreciate it as a game. It's a beautiful game. And like I say, it's it's great to watch. It's And I mean, it took, you know, the cinematics of games to a new... It really, really raised the bar, like seriously. Um, in, you know, um, in terms of graphics. And they always manage to push whatever machine, I mean, on PS2, when PS2 was coming to the end of its, um, you know, they were talking about PS3 and, you know, uh, PS2 was difficult to code for and stuff. Then Kojima would bring out a, a Metal Gear and people would be like, what are all these developers moaning about if he can do that? You know, he really did push things. And, um, yeah, and just all those little details, like the thing Todd was talking about, you know, if you, when you've got your, your sniper rifle and you smoke, if you smoke a cigarette, it kind of steadies your nerves and you can aim better. <laughs> and all those little things, like having posters of girls inside the lockers and they're real posters from real magazines, all these tiny little details and little jokes and, you know, made it really rich for the people that like playing it or the people that like watching it like me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Todd, top five for playing. Shella, uh, really close to the top, uh, but she only likes watching it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 
All right, well, good enough. I mean, it takes all kinds. I mean, I think that's that's one of the joys of the series. There's kind of something for everybody there. And, you know, coming from a complete newbie, a complete new guy, um, uh, you know, I'm, I can, I can, I'm really getting hooked into the series, you know, so I, I can definitely see it. I haven't played it enough to comment on where I would think it would go in the top series things, but I think that, I think it would, it would probably be, um, like Todd said, probably top five for me, but, but maybe lower down on that mm-hmm. scale somewhere. So, um, cause I gotta put, I gotta put Hitman in there. I gotta put <laughs> Grand Theft Auto in there. I gotta put some of the other stuff in there. But, um, but definitely like Metal Gear Solid and, um, wishing them, uh, 25 more years. So happy birthday to Metal Gear. <laughs> and thank you, thank you both for, um, joining no me problem. today. Uh, we will see you next week in the lounge. Uh, our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com. And uh, you can also find us a bunch of other places like Facebook, uh, Google Plus, um, let's see, uh, Twitter. <laughs> so, um, and you can subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll give you the feed. Um, it's free, and uh, it, you, it, every week it comes with links to all those places. So that's the best way to find us. <laughs> all right, well, we'll see you next week. Uh, happy Metal Gear Day, and um, uh, let's uh, let's the three of us decide to get together 25 years from now for the 50th anniversary <laughs> of Metal Gear Solid, and we'll be talking about uh, you know Metal Metal Gear Solid 18 or something like that. One can only hope. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good day.